Hello friends, welcome back, welcome back, please do come in and make yourself comfortable in the board game review room. This is a podcast in which we sit down around the table, play a game for the first time and tell you all you need to know about the first time play of said game. I am Paco Garcia, your host, and I am surrounded by fishermen today. Uh, Max Murray? Question mark? <laughs> Cesare Patterson? Looking for whales? Trawling the rules, Michael Chamberlain. There you go. And the fishing puns, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the uh, esteemed audience, is because today we are going to take a look in, in, in Michael's sorts of dream gaming fantasies. And it's a game called Fleet. Yeah, we get the expansion after much waiting. I could go on at great length about the uh, Griffin Kickstarter, but we're Actually, all about the game here. You don't talk at great length, but tell us a little bit about that one, because I know that you've been suffering from a waiting syndrome for a long time. Yeah, yeah, there were problems with the Kickstarter and getting it out to Europe, and I think the safe thing to say is that Griffin should be ashamed, but Matt, one of the designers, has done everything he can to keep in touch with those who bothered to back the campaign, and... If Griffin put out another Kickstarter project that's just them, I wouldn't touch it with a 50-foot barge pole after this. However, if they put out another fleet expansion, simply for that man's efforts, it's worth it. Wow. That was pretty good. Um, I'm speechless. This is this is the podcast version of that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, um, the edited version of Michael's rant. <laughs> yes. Uh, for, for, the, for the record, listeners, uh, Michael usually edits words out like, Beep! And I also like peep and all sorts of other words that I am not allowed to say, like bugger. <laughs> Put it this way, if the unedited version of my feelings aired, it'd sound like R2-D2. In, in Griffin and sort of Fleet's defence, though, part of the reason why this was so frustrating for us waiting was because how much we loved the original game and, and how much we actually wanted to play the expansion. So when it got to release date and we were waiting and waiting, it slowly built up, so... You know that shouldn't reflect the game in it, you know, in any way. No, it was no. just a bit of a, a bit of a disaster. Yeah, but the fact that the shops got the game before the backers, yeah, that's yeah, pretty low. That I mean, that is as rank as it gets when it's about Kickstarter, really. But with that out of the way, uh, we must confess that uh, we have all around the table played the game, and both, I think it's fair to say, Michael and Max have dissected every single possibility that this game has to offer without the expansion. So we are all familiar with the game and today's podcast is all about trying the new stuff, not the game, the, ba the base game itself. Yeah, I think it's safe to say the base game, four out of four gamers approved. That's just a given. I, yeah. I, in fact, I would go further than that. If you are listening to this podcast and you don't approve from Fleet, we don't want you as an audience. Go away. Go away. Give them a few seconds to get up and leave. Yes. I don't own very many board games, but this is one of them. This isn't a board game, this is a card game, but uh, it's not very expensive. It packs away nicely. It's very simplistic for a new player, but then there's uh, an edge of, of building a... Uh, engine as Michael loves to in his games uh, that is for the more advanced player as well it's it's a brilliant yet simple game mm -hmm. uh, 
Agreed. So with that out of the way and, and our um, well, blessing cast mm. upon this game, Michael, tell us about the expansion, please. I think before we go too much into the expansion, we'll give a very quick overview of how to get base game plays for those that don't. Whatever. <laughs> Maturity in the room just plummeted. <laughs> In the base game, you've got two decks of cards. One is your licenses. This gives you different ways, essentially, to draw more cards. Because at the start of the game, you get a hand of cards, and you're only going to draw one a turn. Now, these cards are your boat cards. They're your boats, which are also a lot of your victory points. They're your captains, which you need to captain your boats. They're to the way that you're going to get cubes, which are also victory points. But you're going to need to pay for all of these, which, by the way, is the same cards... And you're drawing one a turn. So you need to find ways of drawing more cards. There are ones that say when you launch boats, you draw more cards. There are ones which are going to give you money off when you buy licenses and launch boats. So you're saving cards there. There are ones that can give you more cards for captains. Ones that will let you trade in cubes for cards. Lots of ways to try and build an engine and manipulate it. But these licenses, there are multiple copies of. The more of them you have, the more powerful the abilities and when either the license deck runs out or there are no crates of fish left to bring home, you total up your points and that's your score. High score wins the game. Simple enough. Certainly is. That's why we love it. Yes. So, now that we know about the base game... So, we are playing with the first expansion of Fleet Arctic Bounty and it comes with six licenses um, we have 50 new cubes, and we also have some new fishermen and boat cards. So there's a lot of stuff, basically. That's what you're saying, chess. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there's quite, quite a lot of stuff. Um, let's talk about the production values, um, first and foremost. Uh, just as good as the first one. Yeah, it's the same quality, printing all over. The only thing I still wish was slightly different was the fact that the license cards are such a weird size... Still waiting for a company that will print some sleeves that will keep them safe as well. Yeah. One thing I've noticed since we sat down today, that box is larger. Does everything, including the new expansion, fit in there? No, that's part of the Kickstarter stuff I'm not mentioning. The expansion box is a little bit larger than the normal one. The insert holds all its cards nicely, but it won't fit them sleeved. Okay. So, And sleeving is pretty crucial for this game because the cards do get quite a battering they, they're used all the time so you yeah. have to sleep them every way up <laughs> even yeah um, yeah I think in the Kickstarter they said that everything would fit in the new box so it's a bit of a sore point once again for some of the backers who got it and went oh well it does mm. but not okay. when they're sleeved which anyone yeah. who's going to play a card game a lot is going to do so yeah. that, was, that was another sticking point but that's neither here nor there where it comes to the actual game itself yeah the new cards we've got explore some really new space for the game. We've got cards that mean that when you don't buy a license, you're getting an advantage now. That was always a big issue we all found, wasn't it? There were turns you just couldn't buy a license, mm. and you kind of felt left out in the cold on that. So now there are advantages there. There are more dock cards like the ones that we had as promos for the first version of the game, and the licenses are doing all sorts of crazy new stuff. Stealing crates off other people, allowing you to get more than one crate a turn, capacities up to 12 crates on a boat, 
there's one license which does three different things. And then there's the crewman cards, which are really interesting. The crewman look fantastic. So um, when you play the crewman license, you get to basically put into play different crewmen, and they all do different effects. So some of them uh, launch captains cheaper, uh, or free in some cases. Uh, some of them give you uh, cubes to use straight away. Uh, some of them let you draw cards. There's all sorts of abilities that, that could potentially absolutely swing a game in your favour. Yeah, and the fact that added to licences you're already bidding on, yeah. it's not taking up more thought, is it, really? Mm. It's using game mechanics that were already there. Yeah, so some really crazy new stuff that, even for me and Michael, who know the game... The, the base game inside and out so we're really going to turn it on its head and add some real new potential for, for different mechanics and engines to, to run so it should be really good fun artwork on some of these new cards on par with the main game uh, a little bit better in some instances because we've quite a few of these new cards are full art rather than the image we get on the you know a lot of the, the Fisher Fisher, Fisher cards yeah well they're not quite full art they're they're more half art, so you've got the top half is is a boat or a captain or a crewman, and then the bottom half is 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 the symbols you need to play. But yeah, compared with the the main actual um, playing cards you use in the base game, which through a porthole all you see is is the ship type, there is there is more artwork to it. You're right. Yeah, we're doing something slightly different this time as well with our review, aren't we? Yes, we are. We are going to review not one, no, no. We're going to review two expansions. We are. We're going to play the expansion material mm -hmm. with as little of the base game as we need to make it playable because there aren't quite enough licenses. We're going to need to bring in two base licenses as well. And then after that, we're going to try and the Grand Malay variant that they uh, suggest at the back of the manual. We're playing everything. All, all cards, one table. Yeah. Should be an interesting game. Well, let's, let's go for it. Fish! Well, I think four out of four players still approve of fleet the game's still amazing yes absolutely um everything we saw just added to the experience um gave you more options more ways to to make engines to, to get boats and crates um and, and even stuff that wasn't the licenses the the crewman um the uh gone fishing especially seemed really good yeah i particularly like the gone fishing it can extend the length of the game without you necessarily having to waste a license by mm -hmm. you know because otherwise you could extend the game just not by a license but then you'd get nothing for it you do actually get something for not doing that now yeah, yeah money and points uh, especially yeah. as um I had an engine going, so I was essentially getting free ships to the table, free captains, and then oyster for the for the crates. So I didn't actually want to buy any licenses at that point. So just taking those for either extra points or money if I really needed them for like a marina at the end, brilliant. Yeah, it's also a really good way to teach people the game. It makes it far less punishing if you overextend. You know, you're going to get some extra cards, help you get back into the thick of it, give you some more choices quicker than if you were just reliant on that one card draw a turn, if you really over-extended yourself. That's actually a fantastic point, because in the base game, even when we've 
played it a bit before, we have done that early overextended for something, trying to come up with a with an engine, and it can absolutely ruin you. It, just one mistake early on, and for the rest of the game, it's really hard to get back in. Yeah, I think that would help balance it out quite quite nicely. Yeah, the, the crewman cards I think were the big standout for me personally. Mm. Just this deck of what is it, twelve cards that just do all manner of bonkers. From here's two extra launches whenever you want them. Four extra dollar pounds whenever you need them. Add one to any of your license types. So much versatility. And when you play the base game a lot, you get to the point where you go, there are two of the same. We'll just negotiate over who's getting the first one, essentially. Suddenly, two of the same isn't always two of the same. Mm. That's quite good. And I didn't feel they were unbalanced in any way because um, all of the abilities at almost any point... I think there were a couple that that could potentially be be burnout, but um, from what, from what we actually experienced, they were all useful. And because one comes yeah. in on each of the licenses you bid, it gives everyone a chance to get a little foot up. So no one's really left behind. Hmm. From what we experienced there, and there there might be instances where that could happen, but we'd have to play more to find out. I think. I think the only one that strikes me as situationally unfair is the one where it goes, nobody else fishes this turn, and that one's only really bad if someone's got a lot of the Canadian DFO boats where they're just going to go and I'm going to rob everyone else they don't really need the fishing phase at that point yeah it could have been slightly unbalanced if I'd have used it anyway with that many oyster boats and getting uh, getting double crates as I was if I'd stopped yeah. you guys from doing it that would have put me almost two turns ahead in crates essentially in, in one aspect so that that's potentially uh, potentially game ruining but I, th- I think that is very situational yeah um some new engines in there as well. Char is really dirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what did you have that team uh, I, that I had double shrimp, so I was getting a, a lot of ships for free with Char, which allowed me to get free captains. And I also had a COD, so I could launch three ships in one turn, double captain uh, for free. Double <laughs> captain them for free with cards off of the main deck, not even from my hand. And I had an oyster, so, uh, so all my oyster boats could hold up to six crates. And who won? Uh, me, but <laughs> but it was still really tight. Even yes. though I had a, I had a massive engine, I had more cards on the board probably than the rest of you, and I won by one point. Yeah, uh, yeah, we all saw pretty high it scores. Was, it was all close amongst all four of us, you know. Yeah. So e- e- even with I had honestly thought yes, I'm running away with this, and I didn't. I, I just won. So yeah, there's definitely room because uh, Michael was using the DFO. So even though he had less ships on the board all of his crates on there because he had a few of those licenses were worth far more points it was like four boats were worth 44 points on their own yeah and and and, and my my oysters uh, my oyster boats are the same amount with more crates on were worth half that so there, there's definitely things you can do so that's that game you know where we're going now base game expansion all the promos 150 crates all the fleet that money can buy. Max, um, come on. Vent it. Get it off your chest. Always the most venomous. The weather authority absolutely contradicts the rest of the game, and it's just awful. 
hey, hey, I was making out like a bandit in the casino as well. The weather was getting bad. Yeah, that, that absolutely ruined that game for me. I, I don't like the Grand Melee version. I love this game. I love all the cards, but it's too much. Having that many, having that many licenses and that many cards going through, it was actually quite hard to get boats to launch. Because <laughs> even if you had a couple of licenses, there were so many cards. I had a handful of other things. But you were still what? Uh... Ten other types of boat card yeah, <laughs> that yeah. didn't launch for you. There's, there's a bit too much, and it, it it thickens the water too much. It makes it really hard uh, to get engines off the ground, which is part of what I like about this game. Um, so yeah, I don't like. I, I think it's better as a game with a set amount of licenses. So there's a, there's a lot more. It's quicker. Um, and yeah, the weather authority is absolutely horrible, and I would never play this again with that. For the reference, listeners, the Weather Authority allows specifically Paco, but Michael pitched in there when he got one as well, <laughs> to, to roll a six-sided dice. On a one, nothing happens. On a two to four, everyone else loses a crate, in which you get to choose, I might add, as the, as the dice roller. Number five, you get to make everyone lose two crates. And number six allows you to sink someone else's boat. Which is just absolutely ruining every um, other player's boat. Yeah, not just one yeah, person. No, it's one one boat <laughs> per person. Um, which, especially when this game is quite slow to get off the ground, and Packer got that early, just absolutely. Oh, it was horrible. It um, meant I ran for the casinos just as a way of scoring points that weren't subject to Dagon turning up and eating my ships. Yeah, and those were working out for you. You got quite a few well protected from the weather station crates over there. And Found out. It, it took us so long for all of us to really start getting licenses, especially because luck plays in. So uh, at one point we had uh, a load of licenses on the table to bid for, in which like three of them cost uh, $10 pounds, mm-hmm. um, like right early. So no one was really bidding for anything. So we went gone fishing quite a lot and didn't really seem to go anywhere. It stagnated because of that. Uh, you've gone fishing cards at one stage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I bought a King Crab license with, just with gone fishing cards. <laughs> so it, it, I think this this many cards, too many cooks spoil the broth kind of thing, it just slows it down too much. But of the elements we brought in, trophies were good. Yes. Yeah. They were for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you scored two of them. Out of the three, Paco got two. <laughs> so far. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, the amount of boats out, you probably would have got the third one as well. <laughs> uh, the, the one thing I dislike the most about the Grand Melee is how long the game was taking. I mean, we've been playing yes. for a while now, and we still have, I don't know, how, how many licenses to go through? Yeah, uh, over half the deck still. Yeah. It, it is gigantically... Slow. And one of the things I like about Fleet is that it's such a quick game. Whereas, whereas I don't mind the time it took if there was just more going on. If we yeah. had more engines going, bam, bam, cards, uh, you know, um, crates, that would have been fine. I wouldn't mind playing it longer. <laughs> the biggest difficulty for me, I found, uh, time-wise, is just having the boats to launch to match your license. Um, I mean, I think others had the same issues because we've got so many licenses no, and we didn't. going on. Well, okay, yeah. If you keep drawing the, uh, the, the jokers, uh, <laughs> then, yeah, you can launch wherever you like. But yeah, I, I mean, we're we're just under halfway through the deck of licenses, and I would say I was starting to get going. <laughs> There's another thing that worries me about the Grand Melee, and it's the humongous amount of space that it's taking on the table. Yes, that's true. I mean that. That is pretty insane. 
Fine by me. Yeah, I don't see a problem. <laughs> Get a bigger table. <laughs> so many little things that work. You know, if you're going to take it as a modular game now, mm. rather than something you're meant to play all of it at once, there's no modules that are particularly unpleasant. I mean, I'm sure there are people, not us granted, who would find playing a setup where you had the Weather Authority and the Canadian DFO in there hilarious just going I'm going to steal your crates I'm going to blow up your ships that's my entire game yeah. plan here <laughs> and I'm sure there are people who'd enjoy that aspect in it yeah, yes yes there, there are I can assure you there are people Paco loves it <laughs> <laughs> um, admittedly I love it partly because it's fantastic to see you annoyed uh, it just, it, just go, it goes against everything I else know, Fleet's I, I, designed for. There's, there's, hey. there's no real um, screwing other players over. It, it's what you do, how you decide to bid, how you measure your money, the tactics. That's what Fleet is about. To throw in something like that, which is more of a wild card, just throws everything else out the window. I don't mind. You do like the casino, though. So you're not completely against the random. Yes, but but that's you potentially screwing yourself over. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, still a tactical decision whether you go for it or not. Whereas someone else rolling a dice that then screws you with no actual um, action on your part mm. in in this. this it, it isn't a game design where everyone can do that. So um, at one point Paco had that and no one else did. So he was deciding whether to you know, uh, alter our fates and there was nothing we could do about it. And it doesn't quite balance out with the rest of the mechanics in my opinion. And admittedly, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, is the Weather Authority part of the main game, or was that another, a promo for the original? Okay, so not everyone's going to have that no. in there. Um, uh, and admittedly, also, it's very much against the theme. You know, you, you don't control the weather. Well, what, is, what does this mean? And the, 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 the Weather Authority forgot to tell you that there's a storm coming? and it, it, it is a little bit bizarre, I have to say. It's funny, but it's bizarre. For us trying to review this I think the most disappointing thing is the moment the weather authority hits the table none of us were going to invest in the Inuit fisherman the salty captain the first mate any of these cards where you just tuck extra things with it the salmon license that lets you tuck extra cards to collect more crates under boats the moment someone can play god and blow up a boat you're just not going to invest no. in them and yeah. that is disappointing because you're just going there's so much choice and so much flavour hmm. and now it's that much more narrow because of this one licence and you don't even need two, three copies of it to be powerful one is destructive enough on it its is. own yeah I mean I, I, I only played five boats in the time we played I lost two of them to Paco which doesn't sound like you know two fifths isn't as much but bear in mind that that meant I lost out on the on the trophy for having four, bo four boats and captain hmm. the same type because that's what I had uh, I lost out on what I don't know ten points yeah. as well. So you know that that's fifteen points in total I lost because Paco rolled a dice the right way. Mm. That's yeah. that doesn't go with fleet. But as you say, it's a promo. So that it's in not itself, not the main game. It's no. not in the expansion. To be honest, even even if it were, you just have to leave it out on the yeah. set. So yes. just, so. Yeah. So back back to the grand melee. Um, still fun. You know, it's still fleet, but. It loses a little something compared with a, a more streamlined deck that yeah. you can build. So, you know, give it a try for sure. See what your group like. But um, for us personally, and me personally, I think it, Fleet is better, a little bit more uh, controlled. No, yeah. But we're still saying, out of a game which has got... It's got to be well in excess of 400, 500 cards here. There are three we don't resoundingly approve of. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's incredible. pretty good guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, Fleet's a brilliant game. No, no doubt about it. One of my favourites. And the expansion does add a nice chunk of variety if you want to mess around with new systems. I've no idea how long it's going to take us to try every combination in this, but I suspect it's going to see us all old and grey before we do. Yeah, the new licenses are, are all great. The uh, the new crewmen, the new side boats are all brilliant. You know, really, the expansion is well worth it. If you like fleet, buy it, buy it now. Take out your money, mm. steal a purse. It doesn't matter how you <laughs> get it. Uh, get it. So four out of four gamers approve of this expansion. Resoundedly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was max definitely. animated. Yeah, <laughs> I'm frankly shocked. <laughs> well, it's not a co-op. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Your hosts for this podcast have been Paco, Michael, and Max. This podcast has been produced by Michael Chandler and with help from Paco Garcia. The music has been composed by Kevin. We would love to hear from you. Feedback and your questions are always welcome, and you can email us at podcast@gmsmagazine.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, we are at GMS Magazine, and we are on Facebook and Google Plus, and we'd be more than happy to talk to you. Remember to subscribe to the GMS Magazine podcast channel in iTunes, and please do give us a review and a rating, which is truly appreciated. For more quality shows, listen to our other rooms, the RPG room, the board game room, and the interview rooms. But, until next time, let the games continue.